Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am Frank LaRosa. And as always, here with my trusted compadre, Dell Dempsey. Thank What's you up? for the introduction there. Happy day. Happy Valentine's Day. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah. To all you listening out there, hope you had a great Valentine's and Day. If you're on YouTube, you'll see up my new bulldog. Got that for Valentine's Day. Oh, oh that's nice. the biggest bulldog you have in the that's office. That's the biggest one. They get bigger and bigger. I'm hoping for a real <laughs> one one day. So if, I'm visualizing my new bulldog. My new bulldog. I'm visualizing it. So, baby, if you're listening, I'm visualizing my bulldog. Speaking into the universe. Speaking into the universe. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to title this one Friday Fury. We're just going to hammer out a couple of different things, not one particular topic, but really we're just going to cover a couple of things that came up this week, a little bit of news, and sort of give you some color on a meeting that I went to with Stuart Partners and my thoughts on that. So we're just going to get into it. And let's start there. Go from there. So tell us about the meeting. I wasn't at this one. Right. So for those of you that were maybe following us on Instagram, franklarose.elite, we went to a sort of a 2020 kickoff meeting with Stewart Partners. They are effectively a super OSJ, super producer group of Raymond James. So they sit on the RJFS or Raymond James Financial Services independent arm, but they have their own business unit. They have their own equity. They have their own management team money of which I've known for a long, long time. The purpose of the meeting was really to talk about sort of the goals for 2020 and this new affiliate option that they're rolling out. And for those of you that don't know anything about Stewart Partners, what they're really trying to do is build out what they started doing 2012-13 was building out sort of retail W-2 offices on an independent platform. What I likened it to was they're recreating what used to be Smith Barney. They filled a big void that still exists for advisors who they really wanted a more flexible culture, advisor-centric culture, but weren't interested in Doing starting their own pri- private practice. Exactly. And one of the key things I always think about when I think about them is the equity part, which is totally different than yeah, most firms. Right. They have an equity part. Actually, they'll probably have Jim Gold on, who's the president of the company, on to talk about the whole equity component because there's a lot of advisors that we talk to that sort of go to the independent space and they get there's this lure of equity in a company and what does it mean? And I'll talk a little bit about that. But more importantly, what I was really interested in is their new affiliate option, which is sort of tapping into the independent side of Raymond James with this team, right? And the Stewart Partners team, but be your own independent office. So 1099, more traditional 1099. Again, this isn't a Stewart Partners pitch, but it was a great meeting, and, and I know everybody there, and they're great guys. But what it really sort of brought up was these conversations that I was having, and I've had a couple this week, about are they late to the game in terms of opening up a 1099 market? And what I told them was I thought that their 1099 option will actually dwarf their W-2 option. I think that, and I've been asked about this, how much runway room is there in the transitions that we're seeing in the marketplace whether it's W-2s to RIAs or independents to RIAs or whatever the case may be. And I think that we have years of run room. And the only ones I think that don't understand it yet 
are senior leadership at W2 shops that don't have an independent option. Wirehouses in particular. I think regionals, there's a place for regionals. Stiefel, RBC, Raymond James on the Raymond James side, a firm like Oppenheimer, Waddell and Reed, those kinds of firms where some guys just don't want to go independent, right? But, they, right. but they're just tired of the there's a culture, wirehouse space. There's a bank component, I think, for the ones you talked about. Right. The big bank component, bank culture, that doesn't lend itself to a private practice and more flexibility. And that's why- Well, and ownership. They, and ownership, they just yeah. really view it like it's, even though they're, the advisor has spent their entire career building a book of business, the firms don't view those clients as the advisor's clients. And so I think that there's this, I believe, a huge flood of advisors that are going to leave the, I'm just going to say the wirehouse space. Wells, Morgan, Merrill, UBS would be thrown in there, even though they're smaller, right? They're almost the size of a regional, but I think they're still viewed as a wire. JP Morgan, those types of firms, I think that there's many of the senior leadership, candidly, they're either clueless or they don't really care. And so I don't know which one's worse. I don't know yet, but you know, I think that that's something that there's a lot of runway with. And if you're an advisor in the W-2 space, you should probably be looking around and looking what's out there. You would be shocked. We're going to have a podcast in a week or two, and we're going to go through the numbers. And we're going to do some P&L comparisons, and we're going to spreadsheet the shit out of it and show everybody what it looks like. So that was sort of the beginning of my week. And then throughout this course of the week, so sort of segueing into some hot news, today actually officially announced, and I plan on talking about it, that the advisor group purchase of Ladenburg, or it's a private equity firm that owns advisor group. There you go. Yeah. And the purchase of Ladenburg was official today, which is good news in that it's done, it's official. And now some of the, I wouldn't say some of the hard work is ahead of you because in the filings, it didn't say anything about when they had to file with FINRA, what they're going to be doing, what their plans were. There was no mention of any consolidation, which oh, of, broker of, the, of the broker dealers, dealers which tells me that- they're going to keep everything separate, at least for a couple of years. I agree with that. Right. In my opinion, when they do make some consolidations, which is just good business sense, I just sort of wrote down on the Ladenburg side, you have Securities America, Triad, Security Service Network, Investicorp, and KMS. And then on the advisor group side, you have FSC, Woodbury, SagePoint, Royal Alliance. The most obvious consolidations that I see happening, so if I was sort of running the show, what I would see as the natural, easy, sort of slow rabbits in hunting terms is consolidating Investicorp and KMS into Woodbury because they are all more or less insurance-focused producers. So that consolidation there would make a lot of sense. This is purely – I'm asking you. I'm wondering if this is purely speculative. Okay, I don't know anything. Right. I don't have some secret line to Jamie Price. <laughs> Trust me, I don't have a secret line to Jamie Price. This is just sort of 25 years of experience. When you look at the other firms, Securities America and Royal as on the advisor group side, Triad, which is the most unique of the group, and probably if I'm Jamie Price, where I'm spending most of my money to build, because that's where the puck's going. What Triad does in terms of a hybrid model, multi-custody, although that multi-custody is going to get smaller because when Schwab and TD merge, which is a whole nother- That's a whole nother story. A whole, whole nother story right there. It's going to be less multi-custody unless they bring on, well, Pershing. Here's another story. Pershing is lowering their requirements for firms to come on board on their institutional side, right? It used to be $250 million or so, and now they're, I wouldn't say that they sort of have no minimum, 
But what they're really looking at is we're going to take each practice on its own and decide whether or not it makes sense to come on board. So you might have a $100 million RIA and you're with TD. You don't want to be with Schwab. Maybe now you have the opportunity to go to Pershing. And Pershing is doing this in direct competition for this Schwab TD merger because there's going to be a lot of unhappy RIAs. I think the biggest thing is depending on what they do with the technology from TD. So Yeah, that's part of it. Did you read that article about Raymond James getting into that as well? So apparently, not just Pershing, but Raymond James is going aggressively after TD and Schwab advisors. Right. Because well, Raymond, they can, they can well, be more Raymond competitive. James has, right, Raymond James has the custody and clearing already. It's not as prominent as some of the other players, but this is their opportunity. And it tends to be, I'll say, a slightly pricier model. But the difference is you're getting a lot from that, right? You're getting all of their capabilities, all of the marketing support, all the things that are the reasons why big teams are going to Raymond James all the time. Right. And I can make the counterpoint, I think, of it's the less expensive model for the right team because you're getting more value. True. But again, you have to figure that out. You have to lay all that stuff out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So again, the TD Schwab thing will come out. We'll keep talking about that. But- that merger, the Ladenberg merger, was done today. We'll see what happens. As of right now, it's much to do about nothing if you're a financial advisor at one of those firms because you're just going to be left alone. It's just really an equity purchase. Sure. No one's changing broker dealers. So I think it's going to be just fine for now. The other piece of news that I caught through as I was reading some of the interesting articles, and this actually resonated with me because we have more than one, but one in particular that I was thinking about, an advisor that is looking to go independent, wants to either be on an RIA only or whatever, because he has a property management company and does some real estate investing. And there's been some back and forth with him about sort of what's his plan in terms of his wealth management clients, his real estate clients, and sort of a wall between the two of them. And he's really unsure. And today there was the SEC charged a California-based RIA called Criterion Wealth Management Insurance Services with basically conflicts of interest. They're going to disgorge them. They're going to penalize them. It won't be pretty. Right. Meaning they put disclosures out there. When I read this, they they put out disclosures, which is something you have to do as a non-starter. The issue is they didn't disclose it the right way. And that's where you get into the decision-making process of okay, so do I really do this business the way I'm doing it now? And how do I properly have the conversation with the client about what it is that they're investing in? Well, they didn't properly disclose that they were getting paid twice, essentially, right? They were getting paid an advisory fee to advise on their assets, but then they were also getting a fee for recommending these particular real estate funds. And so they were essentially double dipping on the client's money. And you can't, if you're acting as a fiduciary, so if you're holding yourself out as a fiduciary, you can't do that. So they didn't properly disclose that. And I don't want to say it's unintended consequences, which we talked about, like, oh, they were trying to do the right thing. They but might, they might, I don't know. I, I don't I think mean, so, because they knew they were going to pay twice on the same client dollar. I wonder right? if they were participating in the, well, I guess. They I were guess, participating guess, it by getting a fee. By collecting a fee, commission on the real estate fund, and then collecting an advisory fee, they're participating. And I think my point is, as we talk to more and more advisors looking to go into the RIA space because it's they have more freedom and more flexibility, and they can do other types of businesses and capture more of their clients' money, this is the danger. 
that it's almost too loosey-goosey for some of these advisors. And they get out there into the real world and they have all these options in like a kid in a candy store. And the parent is saying, hey, go buy whatever you want. And they're just loading up on sugar sticks and all sorts of stuff. And then they get cavities. And it's the same kind of thing that they're just advisors. You have to be careful if you're an advisor and you're going to go do these things. You really have to be careful about what you're doing. And the easiest way to think about are you doing the right thing is if what I'm doing for this client gets put up on a news bulletin or the SEC asks me about that transaction, what are they going to think about it? Right? Oh, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's a quick, that's the test right there. If you were to show that transaction, whatever it was that you're doing, to the SEC or FINRA for this matter, do you think they would have a problem with it? And you have to assume you will because they're getting more and more busy. Right. When you form your own RIA, it's almost a certainty that you're going to get audited within the first year. It's a guarantee. Almost a guarantee. I want to say it's a guarantee, but almost a guarantee. So everything you do is going to be under the microscope. And so all of these things are going to get looked at. So you might as well just approach the business like you got the SEC behind you, mm-hmm. looking at every transaction. And if you do it that way, you're going to save yourself because we've been in situations. I worked with an advisor years ago, and they were on the Finet platform. Wells Fargo. Well, Inde- Wells Fargo independent. independent. Right. You in, might remember in quote, this. In quotations, right. independent. Independent. Like independent with training wheels. They started a fund, right? An ETF. Oh, I remember this, yeah. Right? They were told they can do it. They did all these different things. They didn't disclose it properly. Wells Fargo threw them out the door. Two years later, they got, I think they were fined with $600,000. was like a $2 million business. $600,000 fine. And I think one or two of them lost their licenses. And so at least it's those kinds of things. I guess the lesson is, if you're going to go out there and really start your own business and do it yourself, you got to be really careful about who you're hiring to give you the advice on how to disclose this stuff, what the compliance looks like. You got to be really, really careful about it. Or you can end up like, I got to wonder who these guys in California use. And this should be a big, this is probably not a landmark case, but this is a big red flag going up for anybody in California that's in an RIA because a lot of you I know do real estate do, business. Right, exactly. It's a hot this market. is also a point where we have lots of conversations. We'll just leave it at this, where we a lot of times don't think you should go out and start your own RIA. I think you should be on a corporate RIA with oversight. And yeah, does it cost you two or three points more, maybe four points more in your revenue? It does until you get hit with a six or $700,000 fine. You know, all of a sudden now you wish you had someone looking after you and support. So when we go through the spreadsheet analysis on sort of independence versus retail and all that, that's one of the things that we'll talk about. And that is, what's it worth to you? It's like an insurance policy, like a homeowner's insurance policy, right? You pay your homeowner's insurance and hope you never, ever, ever have to use it. Because if you do, something happened in your house. And guess what? Heads up to all my friends at the independent broker dealers and RIAs out there. Be very careful with the wave of folks who have owned their own RIA and are now headed towards you for reasons that they may not tell you, such as exposure to things that they've been doing over the last 15 years or so. And now they're looking for a safe haven. Anyway, that's it for this week. Again, we try to talk about the things that our advisors are talking about, hence advisor talk. These are the things that we've been talking about all week long. These are the things that are front of mind. We hope that you find the information informative. We try to, again, try to keep these things short and sweet. We all have short attention spans. And so, you know, I have a hard time listening to to podcasts that are really long. 
If you like what you hear, share it. We're doing this now for, I think, roughly eight months or so, and we're crushing it on downloads, crushing it on followers, great responses, people every day telling us to listen to all of our stuff. So we really, really appreciate it. And we just want to make sure that we're delivering the content that you all want to hear, not what we want to talk about. That's really what's important. This podcast is for you all, not us. So let us know what else you want to talk about, and we will produce that for you. So with that said, happy Valentine's Day, and hope everybody has a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Great talk. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts. Podcasts.